Hello, and welcome back to License to Pod, uh, broadcasting to you from uh, somewhere in a Russian oil pipeline. Uh, joining me, as usual, is my fellow double O, Eric Sayor. Uh, we've done a lot of work, so you don't hear the pipeline echoes, but uh, we still had to do it there to be more authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and we had we had to get a Stradivarius. Also, it doesn't matter if we're not going to play it, but we're going to get it. Um, uh, top notch, top notch bits from both of us tonight. Uh, so this is going to be a good one. Um, no guests, but that's fine. That we're we can do this. We can handle this. <laughs> we yeah. got this. It's been a while since we've done these without a guest, actually. So. Uh, I don't yeah. since the first two, and uh, this is a movie I had never seen. This is a Bond I had never seen in action, so um, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot to dig into. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's a good one for that reason as well. So yeah, um, um, and like most Bond movies, it has a very convoluted plots, some very dumb mm-hmm. gadgets, and. <laughs> uh, and I think it's a pretty good one. I think, at yeah. least uh, compared to, I, I'd, I'd say the last few Roger Moore <laughs> we've covered on this show, which have been of varying quality. I feel like uh, Timothy Dalton brings um, a, a renewed energy to yes. the franchise. Um, mm-hmm. I do feel though that watching this movie, having never seen him be Bond. I was like, this isn't Bond, this is just the Marie Dalton. Uh, which is like kind of a problem I ran into because I as an actor I know more from his like hot fuzz role and like some Doctor mm-hmm. Who stuff and um Penny Dreadful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's that that's something I hadn't even thought of before, but both of us have far more exposure to him than to Roger Moore, certainly. Um, Sean Connery, I'd maybe go half on half and half on that, but yeah, like we have more pre-existing experience with this actor just because of how little Bond he did and how big his career has been after this. Yeah, I feel like Sean uh, Connery is different because it's like, yeah, there's Bond Sean Connery and there's like old Sean Connery, and they're like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen a lot of him like doing other roles during right. the time he was playing Bond. Uh, um, so it, it there is like some separation there, but uh, for Timothy Dalton, mm-hmm. it's like very much uh, an actor that a face I recognize, like a voice, especially um, yep. that's that's uh, so so recognizable. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's uh, it was weird seeing him like a bit weird seeing him in this kind of role, and I kind of um. I think he does have like the energy for it. He has the charisma for it, but it's like was hard at first to like reconcile him, him being bond and all. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, every time I see one of his movies, there's a bit of an adjustment period because I don't know if he's quite comfortable being bond. Um, and that kind of shows, um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting. And then seeing this one so close to the other Bond movies, um, 
I I guess I'm I personally was hyper focusing on like Bondisms and like you know what he was doing against what other Bonds were doing. Um, and so that stuff all stood out to me. Um, and then like you said, he very much is just Timothy Dalton. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a Timothy Dalton personality and uh, uh, personability that comes through um, in everything that he does. Um, it's not a good thing or a bad thing, but it's it is distracting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but I, I think like if we had seen these movies in the eighties in the cinema, uh, we mm-hmm. wouldn't probably have any real reference for for him as an actor, or like sure. very little because he hadn't done much or much that was popular before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's become a kind of a much bigger actor since. Right. Um, And it kind of also, I feel like uh, the way the this movie is introduced, um, or the way he's introduced in this movie, it's like kind of. Uh, it, I I think it's it. I wouldn't have made that choice. I think, uh, mm-hmm. considering how different he looks from uh, Roger Moore, at least. Um, mm-hmm. So the movie the the movie starts on um an exercise, right? Uh the mm-hmm. um, the MI6 is helping uh the SAS run an exercise in Gibraltar, so they're gonna like gonna try to invade the base and they know they're coming and they're using paintball guns and everything. Uh but mm-hmm. one of the Emma, like at the same time, um, what we learn later is a Russian agent is um, using the occasion to try to infiltrate the base and try to steal. Um, uh, we don't know why. We don't get that information <laughs> other than like a message he uh, a message that's like identifies him as a Russian agent. Um, he's on the dead body, uh, but we get like. All these MI6 agents parachuting uh, with their face covered, and it's like, which one of these guys is Bond? Like, because <laughs> mm-hmm. they all kind of look the same. And I think like making him feel like just like just another agent is maybe not the best choice, especially when we're thinking about like, mm-hmm. I mean, the 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 perfect intro kind of almost was the Sean Connery when he's playing cards and he's like, just like immediately winning immediately charismatic like you see his face at the table um and we have george lazenby who has this like uh <laughs> joke introduction <laughs> of like that never happened to the other guy uh right and like roger and then, moore who's like just like yeah immediately just like uh i think he's introduced by being with a woman Yes, in his, his in his apartment. They've all yeah. the introductions have always been very casual. They're yeah. always just like hanging out. This is the only time where we're introducing him on the job, um, which is yeah. That that so I, I agree with everything you're saying about why the parts of this that don't work. Um, at the same time, I do like the ultimate like close up of him hanging off of the thing and like looking to the camera 
Um, I like that moment. Um, but I, again, I also agree with everything else that you're saying, where it's like that sort of, um, they're almost putting more pressure on the reveal and that's not helping in making the reveal, um, extra, uh, uh, you're judging it more. <laughs> you're just going to put more judgment and more weight on that reveal. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like it's, I kind of like what they've done before of being like someone is talking about him and then you see him in action. And I feel mm-hmm. like you could have put like Timothy Dalton, like jumping out of a plane and doing all that or doing something similar. Uh, with, huh. But um, without just like having the, Oh, which one of these guys is Bond? Like, oh, these mm-hmm. they're getting shot one of the time, so this guy is not Bond. Oh, I guess it's this one. But they kind of all feel the same at first. Mm-hmm. It's like you and you don't hear him really talking for uh, for a while. Um, but that that action scene is is fine. I guess it's like. Um, uh, he like jumps on top of the car and like they're fighting the car is set on fire because it's full of ammunitions and he's like using his knife from the top of like this um this like a uh, tarp it's like a tarp like uh mm-hmm. jeep and he's like uh trying to like get the guy off the road um Gibraltar looks really nice. It's a it's a cool scene, and then he kind of yeah. like drives him off the road, and he the the that guy dies in an explosion, and um and there's no real conclusion of like who that guy is. It's like we move no, on not immediately. We move on immediately to the credits. Um, yes, and this time the. The the who did the um, song? I think it's a Norwegian band. Aha, yes, uh, which are not a band I'm familiar with. Uh, (laughs) Maybe I should be. Well, most people only know one song, and it's the uh, the Take on Me song. Oh, Um, yes. Oh, yeah, that's them. Um, Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, this song is not. It's not a bad song, but um, it's not a good Bond song, I would say. Um, we've had a couple of these where the song is fine, but it doesn't really work with Bond. And um, yeah, it just feels like kind of trying to get Duran Duran again a little bit. But I mean, the difference is that that Duran Duran song slaps, <laughs> even if the movie is so-so. Um, or, or still better than I remembered it being, but like this, this song, it, I just don't have any feelings or uh, strong emotions connected to it. It's just, it's there. Um, and you know, you talked about how you know Timothy Dalton sort of brings like a fresh energy to it. I will say that everything not around him and the new casting that they have scattered throughout. Um, and some of the new sets and concepts that they were clearly setting up for exploration and later on the new money penny, for example, um, everything outside of them still feels kind of old. Um, the opening theme montage is really weak in this yeah, movie yeah. because they are out of ideas. Yeah. I, um, I feel like I'm kind of guilty 
in this series of looking at my phone a lot during these montages. Um, <laughs> especially not, as they go on. Later yeah, on, it's yeah, like... Yeah, especially, like, uh, as we go. Um, and I, I feel like the worse the song is, the more I'm not caring. And this mm-hmm. is kind of... This is not, like, a bad song, like you said, but it's, like... it's It feels like another triad, the Duran Duran one, and the Duran Duran one mm-hmm. is just much better. Um, but... Uh, it does, I, I guess, fit with the rest of the the soundtrack. Like it's sure. this is the last uh, John Barry soundtrack. Yep. Right. And I do like uh, the way that it that it integrates into the rest of the score. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, there's some great like Bond theme with like a little bit of like this '80s electronic put into mm-hmm. it that I I think works well. Yeah. Yeah, it it, uh, it fits it fits the tone of the movie and everything and yeah and they also even they integrate a little bit of you know even more classical stuff because it has to do with the uh, the Bond girl in this movie. Um, it, music's kind of like a uh, a character in this movie, um, which I appreciated. I feel like that's not that's not often what you say about Bond outside of the theme. Um, but it's it's very present in this movie. There's almost like a second Bond song that is associated with the villain. Um, that really stood out to me this time, and I thought that was really cool. Um, or the henchman, Necros. Um, we'll get to him later, but I like him quite a bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, the, so the opening theme, theme happens... Um, I don't actually remember what happens immediately after that. Do they go straight into the assassination yeah, plot? Yes. So, the... so Bond is straight like it, I think it opens at um, uh, at a concert. Like Bond is seeing uh, cla- like a um, classical mm-hmm. full um, uh, full orchestra playing uh, in. I think Prague. Uh, I don't know if it's Prague, yeah. but it's in, it's in uh, Czechoslovakia. That area. Yeah. 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 Um, maybe it's Bratislava. I know we're in Bratislava later, but uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but yeah. So we're in in Czechoslovakia, and um, and Bonnie's is seeing a concert, and they're trying to extract this uh, this defecting KGB. Uh, General Koskov. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, and Bond kind of immediately spots this uh, woman playing the cello um, and kind of has his eye on her uh, while they're, they're trying to extract the general. So, uh, when the concert ends, uh, Bond like, sets himself up with a sniper to protect the general while he tries to like uh, um, escape to to meet the agent that is with Bond. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. remember the name of that agent. Uh, it's um, uh, what is it? Um, mm. uh, uh, Saunders. Son- yeah, Saunders. Yeah, yeah. Saunders. It's played by Thomas Wheatley, who comes back in this movie and is like kind of just like a just. <laughs> a guy that's kind of <laughs> trying to one up Bond, but is just like <laughs> feels like just a, a random guy spy that's not gonna make it. You kind of know that he's the, that guy. Yeah, 
And Bond is here to <laughs> yeah. like Bond is like he's there so but like Bond can appear like a better spy next to him. Right, um, yeah. It's almost like he has a red dot on his head. Yeah, he just yeah. He asks Bond that Bond asks him what's the escape route to prepare, and he says, "Oh, per code, it's only on need to know basis. I don't need to tell you." And then, like uh, Bond realizes, he his plan is very dumb, so he takes over and um, he takes over it from him and uses the <laughs> same line back on him. Like so, so just like just there, so so that Bond appears like to mm-hmm. to. Um, to be much uh, better in this role, he's like the local guy that doesn't make it. <laughs> um, so while the general is trying to escape, um, the the shellist that Bond spotted, uh, a young woman, uh, is trying to like is aiming a sniper at him. So Bond shoots her non-lethally, so to let him uh, escape. Um, he hesitates to shoot her in the head, so and takes the decision to shoot her non lethally, and they um, <laughs> Bond takes the general uh, <laughs> to um, a pipe, like to to um, I don't know an oil um, yeah. industry yeah. thing that's linked to a pipeline, so, and yeah. where they where he has like. Um, a local agent um that's um uh, she's like a like a strong woman uh, <laughs> uh Rosica Mikolos played by Julie Wallace. Um yeah <laughs> who's like she's the one that kinda like she's the local agent so they use the trans pipeline and like kind of build a kind of transport that they can use through it where like they put the general in like this little kind of like those um, mm-hmm. those, those like a... tubes you see sometimes but it's yes. like with a man <laughs> inside of a message and uh, so he's yes. like kind of shipped through that across the border um and, wow. and we're laughing because of the way in which she, she well, well her whole way, she yeah she she's uh, distracting her supervisor by shoving his head in between <laughs> her tits and like kind of like drawing him in there and like giving a thumbs up to Bond when he when he does the thing in the background it's really uh, it's a really dumb funny scene I really like that character because she's like and then she goes. Yeah. Uh, not that type of woman and pushes him away he's all confused it's it's a it's a it's fun to see a character like that in a yes. Bond movie it's just like she's like both like hyper competent with like the pipeline stuff but also like okay i've mm-hmm. got my job to do um like she's put kind of in um in comparison with that other guy that i mentioned uh mm-hmm. she's like much better than him so um so yeah they escape um um and uh bond meets uh the general that the russian general with um the new m and another and the minister of defense i think uh off off site um a offsite of MI6 
in like a <laughs> beautiful like manner where you see like some horses and stuff around. It feels like kind of out of place for a minister or a spy to live in, but uh, feels very James Bondy. Um, yeah, where he, he, he's bringing caviar and champagne and like <laughs> all those uh, like nice treats for the general. Um, and the general is explaining that his um, that his current boss, the current uh, head of the KGB, um, that's uh, General uh, Pushkin, uh, who's played by John Rhys Davis, um, that you probably know as Gimli in the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, yeah, among other things, and uh, Sala in um, the uh, uh, Indiana Jones movies. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, they're bringing back. Uh, well, he explains a lot of stuff in that scene, but he explains that they are bringing back a basically a no freebies policy. Um, if if you're caught, you're killed. Is the is kind of the the basic gist of it. Um, yeah, he, he says Pushkin wants to restart the Cold War. They have a kill list of spies from uh, every Western mm-hmm. country, and they're they're gonna gonna go through them and like restart the Cold War uh, mm-hmm. in a violent fashion. Um, so M tasks Bond with going to kill uh, Pushkin, uh, <laughs> while Bond Bond doesn't think it's Pushkin real style. And he has those doubts about the the shallow player. So instead of going to Tangier to meet with, uh, to try to kill Pushkin, he goes to Bratislava and investigates um, the shell player. That's uh, Kara Milovi, uh, played by Mariam Dabo. Mm. Uh, yep. Um, she. Um, Who's I think really pretty good in her role. He she has pretty good chemistry with Bond. I think the main issue with that character is that she's like like twenty years younger than him. Yeah, <laughs> or at least she feels twenty years younger than yeah. him. It's uh, I mean, I mean it. It's still miles better than um, Roger Moore. Yeah, yeah. His later movies, but it's it, it does it does feel. Uh, it feels gross. It's it's the thing that I brought up on the last episode where you feel like um, you feel like he has something over on her um, that there's not an even playing field, uh, at least at the very beginning. I, I think that the characters developed in ways that um, put them more on an even playing field. And by the end of the movie, it feels a little bit less weird um, and gross. Um, but it feels weird and gross for a lot of it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so Bon convinces her. Um, we learn she's uh, the Koskovs, um, the defector general. She mm-hmm. She's her, his uh, girlfriend, uh, lover, um, and he, mm-hmm. uh, and so she was shooting blanks at him. Uh, it was a whole plan of him to escape to the West, but actually, 
Right. I forgot to say during the uh, during that scene in the mansion, um, right, a Russian yes. agent uh, comes in, uh, like uh, hides as a disguises himself as a, like a milk delivery man, puts grenades in the milk and like wrecks shop in it, and like it's it, honestly that's a really good. Um, action scene because it's so well executed he's like hiding as the milkman comes into the kitchen kills the first guy there gets spotted fights the second guy gets to him uh you steal his like um uh his headset equipment like say says like oh there's a fire people should evacuate then throws like a continues throwing a bunch of grenades so like people don't want to get into the mansion um then he takes Koskov um, at gunpoint and another guy um, as a hostage, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, uh, changes clothes as if as uh, a medic and a helicopter comes in because they're calling for, like, uh, <laughs> they're calling for, um, for, like, uh, for medics. Uh, yeah. So it was all, all the whole thing is planned. So the, a helicopter comes in. He's he like puts uh, the general on a stretcher and escapes with him and leaves the the guy he took as a hostage. That's kind of a just another guy working in a mansion to say, oh yeah, this guy, um, the the uh, he was kidnapped by the KGB. This guy came, this guy came in, and then we have a <laughs> transition later to. Uh, both of them being like uh, together on a pool in Tangier with like women on each arm and they were like it was so the whole plan was that um, the general would fake uh, would fake defecting um, yeah. just to, to just to have the British try to kill uh, Pushkin uh, since they thought Pushkin uh, his old superior was the was trying to start a war um and at the mm-hmm. same uh, at the same time uh, the um, at the same time Koskov was de- is dealing with like a american arms dealer um mm-hmm. <laughs> who's kind of uh, <laughs> just like a I don't know how to describe. How would you describe him? I I don't. Uh, well, the first thing you should say is he's Joe Don Baker, um, and for a lot of people, that's going to just fill it in immediately. He's um he's an eccentric. I'll, I'll give him. I'll, I'll say that he's an eccentric, um, weeaboo for history. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he has like all these models of past wars. And he's kind of obsessed with recreating them. He has like a bunch of old weapons in his inventory. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, he's like, <laughs> and he's like a failed, um, a failed American soldier. He was, mm-hmm. I think they say, he was dismissed from West Point, which is, I guess, a military college in the U.S., right? Um, yes. Um, yeah, that's one of the elite military colleges. He's like a, a failed. Colonel Kurtz. <laughs> that's, I think that's the best way I can describe him. They realized he was crazy before he could get too far. Um, that's the that's the sense that I got. So he went into um, 
weapons manufacturing and reselling and all that stuff. Uh, and he has this very fun house, like you said, where, where he's recreating battles, kind of like Jerry Horn in Twin Peaks, um, but not nearly as good as that. Um, <laughs> um, and he also has these uh, wax statues of himself as generals uh, from past uh past battles himself as caesar his self as uh genghis khan and so on and so forth um i think there's even an oliver cromwell in there um but yeah it's a it's a lot <laughs> but uh yeah and that that's one of the main sort of antagonists of this movie this movie has a lot of like um it, it doesn't have like the capital um the bond villain uh so much as like a bunch of characters who are sort of in for it for their own interests even our henchman is kind of um he's more along for the ride um yeah like he's he's just kind of like there the thing is like the deeper the plot of like the plans being set the the set in its base are revealed um the the more complicated and messy it gets <laughs> and it's like okay why are they doing all this all oh, right okay mm-hmm. um, yeah so the, the their plan is um so the russia sent like i think what is supposed to be 50 million dollars to um the arms dealer with taker um Mm-hmm. So the he would buy, so he would get them a bunch of weapons. So yeah. Pushkin wants to stop that purchase because uh, it was initiated by Koskov. Um, but the plan of Koskov and Whitaker together is to use that money to um, use that money in diamonds to buy opium in afghanistan and then mm-hmm. bring it back to europe and sell it for much more money and then use part of that money to uh give the russians the weapons they want and keep the rest i guess um and then and costco yeah. and pushkin would be dead killed by the british and costco could go back and take his place right um, it's yeah he could yeah basically he's he uses them to do his dirty work. Koskov yeah. gets the weapons, uh, Whitaker gets the money, uh, Pushkin mm-hmm. is dead. That's the problem. Right. Um, yeah. Basically, yeah. they're using the Russian funds as like an investment to buy some drug and salt at a higher price, which is, sure. <laughs> um, sure. I mean, I kind of, I think I understand where this plot came from. I I don't remember the exact time period or, or timing of this, but it's not far off from the American Iran Contra affair. I don't want to assume that everybody knows what that means outside of the states, but it's it's similar in terms of the details. Not exact, but it's it's close enough that I could see that being an inspiration for this. Um, all of the different parties putting money in each other's pockets and trading weapons, and so it, it kind of feels like one of the more torn from the headlines uh, bonds that they've done in a while, because they are trying to kind of reset and go back to the, to the classic movies. Um, 
and in that sense, I guess you could say it's a success. Um, because if you're looking at just the last seven Roger Moore movies, <laughs> they are all, for the most part, very detached from any reality. <laughs> um, so I, I give them credit for trying to, like, uh, address actual espionage to some degree in this movie. Um, yeah, no, this is, this is a, I think as a spy movie, uh, this is uh, pretty good. I think there's a lot of uh, double crossings going on. There's um, a fake assassination that Bond set up, sets up. Uh, there's like, um, yeah, it's, it, there's nice double crosses. It does end in a big shootout action scene that's like leaves all that behind but um and that uh, that last shootout is um interesting now um <laughs> uh things occur in that that are always um hmm. uh i'm referring to the end when they um team up with the mujahideen uh that was very uh that was an interesting moment um <laughs> among other things um yeah uh, and then i'm trying to think if there's cuz it gets pretty fast from there from his assassination uh yeah so so you know. get um or he we were like in uh, bratislava he escapes with her to austria we get this chase scene uh, first they're trying to escape and then she makes him go back for her cello uh, because it's uh, yes it's a Stradivarius yes it's a, it's a Stradivarius which is worth I, I guess in the movie they say it was bought for $150,000 I, I know nothing uh, but, I, but I do know that Stradivariuses are, are exceedingly rare and the ones that exist are the only ones so yeah. Sure. Why? Sure. Maybe they are that much. Uh, money. I don't. I know nothing about instruments. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. no. It's it's like they're regularly. I think at this point they're sold for like uh, millions of dollars. Yes. I yeah. think I heard recently there was one that was sold for like uh, uh, four million. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, there is um. Yes, um, but he goes back to they go back to get it, and then there's a ch- there's another chase sequence in the snow. Um, uh, what did yeah, you think? It, yeah, there's a chase sequence in the snow where like we get the return of the Bond car because we didn't get one in the last movie. Yeah. But it's he bonds back in Austin Martin. The car looks really cool. Um, I love it. Yeah, yeah it's, it, really- uh, it's just filled with gadgets. He likes cuts a car in half with a laser. He like has like skis going. Uh, <laughs> go get out of the side of the car. Um, there's some point where he gets like a tire blown out, and then they're like driving on ice, and he drives around the car, and like <laughs> the the <laughs> tireless um, without the tire, there's only the metal part, uh, and it's yes. like. It cuts a hole, and the car falls into a hole, like in the cartoon. That was uh, right. pretty dumb and pretty. Or a fast. To be fair, to be fair to this movie, they would do that in a. It's like a rejected scene from Fast Eight. <laughs> I mean, like I said, a cartoon. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, yeah. the, uh, and the, the most cartoonish of all is when um, they have to go down, uh, the, like the car gets blocked in snow and they're going down a hill. So they use the case of the cello. They're both sitting in a part yeah. of it. And like Bond is just like holding the cello in his hand and they're getting shot at until they cross the border of Austria. And then I guess the Russians are stop following them yeah yeah yes um yeah um, uh. in so in vienna um bond uh bond so um kara still believes that bond is like a friend of koskov that's how he introduced <laughs> himself um yeah and he's he's Showing her the beauty of the capitalistic word, basically. <laughs> or they're, <laughs> like they're going to a concert, they're going to like a amusement park, uh, kissing on the on the giant. Um, how would you call it? Um, uh, the first wheel. The, the first uh, wheel. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, and uh, they do. Do they do like a? games like a yeah, he wins yeah he wins some uh, some uh, plushy for her um, yeah at the same time we, he meets um Wheatley again ask him to make her a passport um so they can travel uh, to Tangier um they they get um uh, the the russian agents catch up with them and kill Wheatley uh, and they escape uh, and travel to uh, Tangier, where uh, I think they go to. Did they go to Tangier? Yeah, they they go to Chan Tangier. Um, yeah. Um, uh, to try where Bond uh, uh, meets Pushkin, um, uh, and makes the plan with him of faking his assassination so that. Koskov and Whitaker think everything for them is going according to plan, but after the fake assassination, uh, Kara um, uh, uh, Kara drugs Bond uh, because uh, Koskov told her that he's uh, not a British agent. She he tells her she's a British agent and Koskov is a traitor to Russia uh, and planned the whole. Uh, and I don't know why he's. he's <laughs> I don't remember what Koskov's actual plan is. Oh, he, he tells her that Koskov is planning, planning to kill her and sell her out. Uh, so she drugs Bond. Bond confesses he's a British agent. Uh, Kara realizes her mistake. Uh, and they're both like in a plane going to Afghanistan, um, mm -hmm. where they're imprisoned, uh, fights. Like kind of Bond uses this like whistle stun bomb thing uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> to uh, to escape, fights off the guards, um, and frees uh, Kamran Shah, uh, a, a leader of the Muhaddin, um, and they uh, they all three of them escape um, and go to. Uh, Muhaddin encampment. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> a lot happening there. Um, yep. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, we're just going to leave it at that. Um, <laughs> uh, that's all I really <laughs> need to say. Uh, but yeah, they, they they escape and they go. They like ask for help. That's one of the things that happens um, because yeah, there, uh, there's some stuff going yeah. on there um, with the Cameron Shaw character. Um, I mean. At least it's not a white guy in bronze face. No, that that, that was something that I appreciated. Um, I believe it's, but I believe that actor played essentially a version of that character or similar characters. Or he continues to play a lot of characters like that. Yeah, um, he did, was did, did... he was ahead. this guy in the eighties and nineties. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, but he yeah. he's. He's interesting as that character. I yeah, like the, the, way... uh, the yeah. The actor is Art Malik. Uh, I mean, just looking <clears> at his credits, there's a bunch of stuff up to very recently even. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> he was in Sex and the City two. Oh, I did not know that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's partly he was in Sherlock and Doctor Who even recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay, so he's one of those people who changes his face when he gets older because I did not realize that was the same man. Uh, John Carter, the Wolfman. I know you <laughs> have feelings about that movie. I mean, the 2010 yeah. Wolfman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a film that exists. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, we don't need to go into that too much now. But yes, he's yeah. uh, he's pretty good in that. All things considered. Um, yeah, uh, so he's he's interesting in that role. Uh, also, uh, something we kind of coasted over is we get like the shortest Felix in any movie. He shows up again, but very briefly. Yeah, uh, yeah. He he's there. He's played by um, John some, Terry, some, some guy. Yeah, yeah he's uh, played by John Terry, like you said, some guy. Um, <laughs> and kind of just like is gone in a second. Like there's not much there. Like he's a, there's one scene at the yeah. beginning, one scene at, at the end, and the scene at the end, he's like the guy, the guy uh, looking at like a map and telling Bond like, "Oh, watch out! There's a guy on the right." Um, I mean, he's fine, but he doesn't come back in the next movie. No, right? No. Um, in, in the next movie, uh, it, I, I read a little bit about it. It's. It's Felix centric, right? Uh, Felix is a major plot point, but it's it's a Felix from a, a way earlier movie. Um, you're gonna be shocked at who it is when he when he shows up. Um, but yeah, it's it's a wild choice. Um, but I, I rewatching this, I kind of get it because we get nothing from this. I on this on the Felix scale, this is maybe my least favorite Felix because we get nothing about him. Um, the more the most interesting thing about him is the fact that he has all these like female agent helpers. Um, like that's that's his defining characteristic, and I do like that little interaction. You know, the places where they really try to like hold on to Bondisms in this movie, some of it re- works really well, um, and stuff like that. I think I really like I really like the Q stuff in this movie, um, for example. Um, but Felix is just kind of there um uh, to serve the plot purpose but like i was i got more out of the um uh the uh asian cia character that we were introduced to in view to a kill like that 
character had more to him in about the same amount of time as this Felix. So, yeah, not not the most successful Felix that they could have done. Um, but yeah, he's there, and yeah, and then it's very it's very quickly on to the whole um, Bond getting drugged stuff and yeah. breaking out the Shaw. Um, and then uh, yeah. There's some stuff in there that I kind of want to talk about because it's it's like sure. there's there's like I feel like stereotype wise this is one of like I don't know not the I I wouldn't say it's I feel like they do them certain like I don't know mm. uh, the muhadin are presented like kind of like as I, I think pretty good. I don't know. I feel like uh, it's not as racist as I thought it could be, as it was sure. like in movies like ten years prior, twenty years prior in the series. Well, so it's not one for one, but to compare it to say the Gypsy Camp sequence, yeah, um, uh, or even like the scene in India with uh, where you get like the guy sitting on spikes and spinning fire and all that stuff, like. You right. don't get like that stuff. There, there is uh, some stuff going on there where, like, um, the perception of the value of the muhadin uh, is kind of uh, put entirely on the fact that um, uh, the character, uh, the uh, Cameron Shaw, is um, faking like a local accent but actually he can speak with a perfect british accent and there, there there's some stuff going on there that's like kind of gross to be honest um where it's like yeah. yeah the value of the character is determined by the way he can speak like the accent he has when speaking english it's mm-hmm. kind of like um well i don't know so, so i i i actually have some i think they're pretty I have thoughts about that. I think that there's something that they're trying to get across there that they could have done. There were smarter ways to get a, to get it across. Um, like they're trying to not come out and say the fact that um, Western spy agencies created the Mujahideen, um, that they were a big part in like educating them and giving them training and but they it feels like they don't want to say that they want to hint at it and one of the best ways to do that i guess is to give them the british accent but the way that they the way that they handle it is just kind of messy um uh like it would almost be better if they did just explicitly say he's a former mi6 agent um but i, I like i don't yeah um but uh, yeah i totally agree with what you're yeah it's it's um yeah it's there's some weird stuff there i think it's i mean i feel like i wouldn't bring it up if i don't think it was something you would almost still see in the new movie like it's 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 it feels like the way this is Mm -hmm. just done in movies where a character will like kind of code switch um depending on who uh, to show like his value that he can use and 
the the good way of talking. Uh, for, definitely for characters who, um, yes, absolutely. So for characters where we're definitely supposed to like agree with them, where they're supposed to be one of the like our sort of a secondary hero character like he is in this movie. Absolutely. That's something they 100% do in movies now where they'll just have a character, like you said, code switch um, in a moment to sort of make us trust them. Like that part is, is still kind of weird, even in modern movies. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah um i'm trying to um, yeah it, i mean there's, there, there's also some stuff in there about like during mm. the period this movie was made um the um, afghanistan is under russian occupation like it's yep. um and it still yeah. is up yes. until the movie's release it's been for like a few years uh and there's like Mm-hmm. The the opposing like it, there's like trying to make some like identification there of like the the side that's in opposition of the the Russian has to be British and it's like kind of was it, it there's also part of it that's wasn't it better like like it's like it's like trying to portray you know, with like the good of the what the British Empire brought because there can still be resistance against the Russian, and this resistance speaks British. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. The 80s comes through really hard in this movie. The, the like, 80s uh, and just uh, falling, crumbling British Empire stuff <laughs> just, just comes back with a vengeance in this movie. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like yeah. there's a there there there's some of it in the previous movies, but I think none. I I mean, none, not none, but like in this movie, it really feels there that there's like this like trying mm-hmm. to um no trying to put value on the history of a territory mm-hmm. as a British colony. Like there, there's a, there's a value yeah. that we brought there and that's still there because of us. Uh, and mm-hmm. the way we went around bringing that value, who cares as long as people are better for us having, having right. been there that they were before. Um, yeah. 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 There's certainly some of that there. It's, it's not, not there. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, <laughs> So yeah, the, so, so that's 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 the politics corner, the '80s Afghanistan politics corner. But um, there's um, so the Muhaddin help bond um, to uh, so the Muhaddin uh, show bond where there's a trade happening between like um, uh, the like a drug. Um, like a, a an opium deal, the opium deal that's happening where the Russians are buying drugs of, uh, like a dangerous Muhaddin subgroup in the area. I think, um, that's how yeah. they're uh kind of identified. Um. So yeah, so uh, Bond kind of hides in a 
truck full of opium and then like kind of sneaks in on the plane that the cargo plane is going to take the opium um, out of the the out of the country and just like steals a gun and starts shooting around while at the same time um um Kara doesn't want to leave Bond like by himself in the situation so she like follows him which by herself with a gun and like the uh, um Cameron Shaw doesn't want to leave leave her go by herself to try to help Bond so all the muhadin uh, basically attack um the airport where yeah. they're leaving with their cargo plane. So there's a big action scene going on there um, that uh, kind of <laughs> re- like Bond <laughs> takes the plane and kind of escapes, but um, uh, the the assassin uh, Necros gets on the plane with gets on the plane with him. Uh, Bond kind of signals like uh, Bond has. Um, Kara get onto the back of the plane by him like opening the cargo door and she just like drives up while the plane is taking off. Um, yeah. At the same time, there's a big some big shooting scene uh, shooting scenes happening. Um, there's a fight in the air where like Necros and Bond are both like hanging out of a net of the airplane and yeah. Kara is driving <laughs> the plane very badly. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a... How many times is Bond fighting a henchman while <laughs> a woman that doesn't know how to fly a plane is flying a plane? <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like a it's almost like a rite of passage at this point. Like you have yeah. to have it in your movie uh, somewhere along the line, and you need to have a blonde henchman. Um, speaking of, I think Necros is one of the better henchmen in in a lot of these movies, um, and he's great. Also, we've seen him in a lot of stuff. Uh, he's in a uh, mission impossible. I realized after looking him up, he's the, uh, the long haired, uh, henchman for, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the character, but the, uh, the older uh, woman who sells information. Um, and he's also in, um, die hard. He's, uh, he's the guy that John McClane has to kill at the beginning. He's, he's really, badass in just about every movie I've seen him in and he's he's a formidable henchman. I think he comes across really well in this movie. Um and and I think it's a good it's a good sort of first um outing for Timothy in terms of like making him seem like he can handle the action stuff. Um and yeah, he, he there's definitely like a huge difference um with Roger Moore's last few movies where it really <laughs> feels like most of the time you're seeing Timothy Dalton like doing yeah. the stuff or at least like um I mean with mm-hmm. the help of like special effects and everything of course right but like he's in it and physically doing it um yeah and I, I think it definitely um definitely gives the the, the spawn a lot more uh, of a physical presence that I think works really well um yeah. um so from there um, um, this movie keeps on going on and on yeah, so yeah, good yeah. Yeah. um after that after they deal with the plane they have to land the plane yeah and then they're, they're... They're, he lands a plane he throws a bomb to help the 
Muhadin escape. Um, yes. Uh, he, he chose, like he had a bomb, a bomb with him on. The, there's always a bomb on the plane. <laughs> right. Uh, he uses the bomb to help the Muhadin escape from the Russians. Uh, Bond goes to Tangier, uh, where he's like Felix is helping him uh, infiltrate Whitaker's um, uh, mansion, where he yep. had, like there's a. A home alone fight with Whitaker, where Whitaker has like a bunch of traps and like weapons all around, and like those like um, fighting those like um, fighting uh, replicas. Um, yes, and Bond yes. like kind of just uses uh, to, like uh, his bomb gadget to blow up a column on top of him and kill him. Uh, yeah. Pushkin comes back from the dead to arrest Koskov, uh, who's also there. And uh, yeah, and then we get an epilogue with uh, Kara being a, 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 a cellist and um, and Bond uh, having sex with her. And Goggle is there <laughs> back. Yeah. Goggle is back just for one scene because he's basically been replaced by Pushkin at this point. So yeah, 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 that's the that's the movie. There's a, a lot of like uh, characters that are replaced by similar, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> similar looking people. <laughs> and it's yeah, like, yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if we had a new M or not. I was like, wait, is this a different M than what we've had yeah, for the last um, few movies? I feel like I'm always asking that the M question. <laughs> um, Who is M? Feel, yeah, yeah. I feel like um, I will be. Uh, uh, I will be honestly until Judy Dencher places. Well, luckily for you, that's only one more movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting because they try to make the Secretary of Defense more of a thing. Um, talking to you, and then also when I was rewatching it, I was um, thinking about this thing that has sort of been in my brain for a while, which is I'd heard this movie compared to Bacare. Um and that really stood out to me <laughs> um, because I've become much more of a fan of Tinker Taylor, of course, as everybody knows. Um, and there are certain plot points in this movie where I'm like, oh, that's kind of like a like an inverted Tinker Taylor in a couple of places. Um, the Kara character could very easily be the character that Tar falls in love with and I could go on and on. So there's like a little bit of that in there. And I think that's why this feels like a, a much better like espionage story. Um, I can definitely see the, the references there. Even the, the plot, which as we've described is a little bit all over the place, feels like a dumb version of, of a car plot. Um, so yeah. Um, uh, ultimately, I really liked this. Uh, I, I just want to go down the list of the Bondisms that we haven't covered. Um, unless you had a sort of a, another thought about the, the plotting of any of it or the, uh... yeah, no, I, I feel like I agree with you. Like there's definitely, this is the first one in a while that feels like a spy movie where like, there's like, there's like some plans happening and some like bond mm. spots that she's not really shooting at him or that she doesn't know how to shoot. Like there's, there's stuff there going mm -hmm. on. that feels like, it feels like he's more competent that he's been in a while. And it's it's uh, it's nice to see that. Yeah, and it, it's not just like dumb luck, <laughs> um, you know, or uh, so, something like that. It, it feels like 
he he's adjusting to the situation and he's finding his way out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then on, you know, uh, so what did you think of the money penny in this movie? Um, because, uh, I guess spoilers, she's not really in the movies after this. <laughs> she only had two movies like Tal- like Dalton. Um, but um, the short amount we get with her, I really liked her, but I was wondering how you, I mean, she, about. she really feels like a younger version of the money penny we've seen up until now. Um, <laughs> and I don't think. I think I she she's fine in it. She she does the job well, uh, but I I like I'm just curious. I don't think it, she was worth. She doesn't feel like worth replacing. Um, mm-hmm. um what's her name? Uh, oh, Lo- Lois Maxwell. Yeah, um, she yeah she doesn't feel worth replacing Lois Maxwell over because she's just playing that same character. Um, right. It feels, I think the thing that really makes it feel needless is that they do it. Not, they wait only another movie before doing it again. Like I kind of understand the choice of doing a complete reset. Um, like replacing money penny at that time kind of works. I, I do think that they should have just gone all the way. Like they should have just gotten a brand new M and as much as I'm sure we both love Q, I would have gone for another Q at this point. Um, maybe they thought that that was too much or too far to go. Um, but I think at the very least, doing a new Money Penny kind of makes sense. Someone age appropriate with Tim, because what makes Lois Maxwell work for both of the previous two Bonds is she feels the right age with yeah. Sean Roger. Um, yeah, exactly. So I- I kind of understand that choice a little bit more. Um, I kind of wish that she had just stuck around after Timothy. Um, because the girl that they get for um, the four Brosnans, she's also a very good money penny. Um, uh, but I don't, I, I don't see the reason for one or the other, or the other. Maybe there were, I'm sure there are all kinds of reasons why she couldn't return or why she didn't return, but it's just a weird choice to cast someone and then immediately get rid of them um, for a supporting role in this way. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel about her. Um, and then on some of the other stuff, we already mentioned the car. I really like the design of the car just as a car, not even the gadgets. Um, some of the gadgets are a little bit too much. It feels like a leftover thing from the more era. They could have gone with a, a bit more of a stripped down car, but I was, I was wondering how you felt about that. Were the gadgets a little bit too much with that one and just gadgets in general. Some of them I think work better in this movie, but as you said at the beginning, some of them are really dumb. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're dumb just because they're gadgets. I don't, they're, they're always <laughs> dumb. I, it's like it, it's fine. It's like a the the main thing is um, it's like a microphone activated, uh, stun and explosive. Yeah, and it's like I like needs to whistle, <laughs> and like if he wolf whistles, it will explode. Uh, what I like about that though is that one's so character specific. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, that that part is really good. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and I do like that they really carry over the sense of Q, just like uh, his overall just 
impatience with Bond. Yeah, yeah. He he <laughs> he loves him and hates him at the same time in perfect balance. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um yeah, and then uh what was this? some of the other Bond stuff? I think we covered most of the um, Yeah, there, there's stuff. like uh where we see Q test some gadget and in this case it's like a boombox bazooka that he calls was... a ghetto blaster. Um <laughs> it's it is what it is. I'll say that. It, it makes it makes me laugh. I'll I'll give him that. Yeah. What is it? 20, Thirty years later. Um, I, I don't know if I'm laughing for the reasons they wanted me to laugh, but it does make me laugh. Um, I actually like that he throws away the um, uh, the martini stuff. Uh, like he doesn't he doesn't really do the shake and not stirred. And uh, when he introduces himself, it's just Bond, James Bond, very. Um, yeah, yeah, very he, casual. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not really a big moment, um, but at the same time, the real big moment there is that he immediately turns on the charm, and that's that's the other thing. I he's really charming in this movie, um, which I think is one of the essential things that you need. And um, I think he's I think he's on the same level as the three actors that we've seen so far. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he's up there. Um, I do think that. Um, Maybe Lazenby is maybe my most charming, actually, after rewatching these movies. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Lazenby is like a different kind of charming, to be honest, because yeah. he's like, he gets to play in a way that I think these other actors have to be kind of serious. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Roger Moore is the closest to him in the like being like, mm-hmm. like kind of goofing a little bit. Um, yeah, but but yeah. So um, I I think I think that's there. I don't there's much more to talk about this movie. Uh, a pretty good first yeah. movie. I'm excited to see the second one because I also I heard good things about it. I don't. I feel like maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe huh. not. I'm trying not to give anything away. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, in my reaction, but huh. Um, <laughs> um, maybe last thing we can touch on uh, since we're talking about Bond is there was news uh, very recently oh, yeah. about that the new uh, new Bond movie No Time to Die is 2 hours and 42 minutes long uh, or something like that and uh, I'm not excited for that <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know I think I said at the very beginning of this endeavor that every Bond movie is 20 minutes too long. Um, I'm glad that they're changing it to 40 minutes too long. Um, I'm glad yeah. <laughs> they've decided to double how too long it is. Like, um, and we both like uh, Carrie Fuganaga. Um, mm-hmm. are excited for the, I think we're both excited for that movie, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. Look, no, no. Action movie needs to be two hours and forty minutes long. No, 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 no. Um, and but, I understand yeah. that and, this and, year is is weird, <laughs> but I yeah, don't. But I don't it, need it. Almost Spectre was like two hours and a half, I think, and that felt bloated already. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that movie also made no sense. Um, we'll so don't worry, we'll get to it. Ah. <laughs> uh, I have things boiling deep down inside. Um, real quick, uh, we can, because we do have segments on the show. I know we've forgotten them. 
uh, standout scene. There really isn't a standout scene with this movie. I actually suggest people watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. This, this there is, aren't this many Timothy Dalton. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. This is this is one of, I'd say one of the four or five best movies we've covered so far. Yeah, that's my, it's up there. Yeah, I, I would definitely put it high, high up on the list. It's a like a lot of these. It's grown in my estimations and the Maybe, stuff about this that I, I, I really. I mean, like, we'll probably so. end up doing some form of ranking at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we'll see where it where it is at the end. But uh, yeah, definitely a very strong movie for that yeah. franchise for me. Um, yeah, I guess we can do some plugs. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Easier. You can also follow me on Instagram. Um, we'll be covering the very soon the rest of the the other two uh, Satoshi Kon movies. So be excited for that, and uh, maybe some spooky stuff in the future. And of course, more and more Bond. <laughs> Yes, yes, we're going to be uh, powering through the rest of these Bond movies. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know when I'm actually releasing this. So by the time this comes out, there should be a couple of Phantom Zones to listen to. Uh, we did a we recorded a crazy long extra just goofy episode very recently as of the time we're recording this. So uh, listen to that. Um uh, human uh fluids will be in the title of that episode uh so uh I look forward to that and uh yeah yeah that's that's my plugs uh yeah um but, uh, <laughs>